Just come, Lord, and minister to our needs. The congregation that is here present, and even that that is online, and whoever else will be able to stream this service. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I just uh, greet you all in the precious name of Jesus Christ. If you want to greet your neighbor, just tell them God bless you. While we open the book of Genesis. Chapter 3. God bless you, musicians. Thank you. So we are taking verses 9 to verses 13. Everybody there, if you are there, just say Amen. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Mukama katonda naito msajja namugama nti oliruyiwa nayo guarantee impoli de dobozi lyo mulusuku nentia kubanga mbadde bwerere nene kweka and he said who told thee that thou wast naked hast thou eaten of the tree whereof i commanded thee that thou should not shouldest not eat nayo guarantee ani yakubulira nti obadde bwerere and the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to me, who whom excuse me, whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Mukama katonana gambo mukazinti. Chichichi no chokoze. Mukazina yogiranti. Omsota gunsenze senze. Nendia. Did you see that? Machidabiechu. I hope that all of us followed. So bidanti fenatu gobedira gana. Adam heard the voice of God in the garden. Adam and he was afraid because he was naked. So he hid himself. And then when God came to Adam, he said, What is this that you have done? And Adam said, It is the woman who you gave to me to be with me. She gave me of the tree. And I ate. And so the Lord came to the woman now. So what is this that you have done? He said, Ah, 
It is not me also. It is the serpent which beguiled me. And I Praise God. So, no one accepted responsibility. Each of them blamed the other. Brother Sam, did you hear what I just read? Each of them blamed the other. So, it was a blame game. And I'm speaking on the blame game tonight. You may be seated. Okay. So you have to get all the synonyms in Luganda. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. How many are happy to be here tonight? The, the brothers that are this side, I'm requesting all of you to come. Right brother Sam, brother Praise. Praise. I think one deacon is enough in the back. The others can all come this side. On Wednesday, when everybody's not here, we could. I can't see. If you are beyond the pillar, I can't see you. So it's better you are this side, then we can be able to see one another properly. Praise God. Maybe Brother Marvin, if you want to use the... Okay, so... Um, I wanted to also bring uh, greetings from Sister Dina to you. She, she told me that... Uh, to, tell, to let you inform you that she arrived well in Boston. And uh, thank you for your prayers. We had some good time before uh, on Sunday uh, after the service. Myself, brother, brother Henry, brother Martin, and also brother Dixon. We went over at her house and we were able to find uh, also uh, her two daughters. And her two daughters heard about how many friends? Yeah, like four friends. So, uh, who are all mature girls? They are done with campus. And uh, God gave us an opportunity to share the me this message with them. And uh, they, they were all happy. They all confessed that they learned new things. And about two, three desired to hear more of this. So I pray for them that uh, God will give us another opportunity with them so that we can continue to share this message with them. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so to, 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 today I'm speaking on, I don't know whether we'll get done, but I'm going to be a bit fast because I have a lot to cover on this subject. And I don't desire to break it into another subject. So just stay with me and be here with all your mind. All your heart. Be here physically and spiritually. If you are streaming, also don't allow anything to distract you. Praise God. Blame game. 
So here is Adam and Eve. And because when God created Adam, He created Adam and gave him dominion over the everything that was on earth. But Adam was you remember when God created Adam and uh, Adam within he, Adam was Eve. Because he says he created male and female. And yet he had created one man in the image of God. So you see God just like God God is is many in one. God is, is, is much. God is not one like your finger is one. And yet they are not more than one God. He is one God. But in him there are many attributes and so we notice that the same way he was the same nature that he was he also created man and later on he comes and takes um, in Genesis 2 he makes man to sleep and he takes uh, the woman out of the man by taking out one of the ribs and he uh, molded man out of the dust of the ground and then uh, he breathed in him the breath of life. And the Bible says man became a living soul. But, but, but then we see that after that when he took, when, when he took man to sleep then out of him out of the rib he made a woman. And then there was a woman and a man. But when Adam saw the woman, he said, Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called a woman. A woman means a part of the man. Praise God. And so, uh, Later on, the woman gets another name called Eve. And Eve does not mean part of a man. But Eve means mother of all living. This was after sin had come in. And yet Adam was a son of God. So here you have Adam and Eve. After sin when sin came into the world so you now have Adam and Eve son of God and mother of all living what does that mean you see I've spoken that before here when, when, when Eve fell Adam had a right to leave her alone and Adam would not have fallen into the same sin. You know, in the book of First uh, Timothy chapter 2, I think verse 11 there about, the Bible says the woman was in the transgression. Why? Because this, when the serpent came to the woman, the woman 
you know, gave herself and she accepted to be beguiled. And when that happened, sin had been introduced into the human race. But if Adam had not partook of that same sin, you know, Eve would be destroyed, but Adam would remain. But you see, Brother Barnum said that Adam knew what he was doing. Because you see, he knew Adam somehow by revelation, he knew about the law of redemption. Because he knew that the woman was a bone of his bone. But he also knew that Adam was a bone of bones of God. Just like in the New Testament, it says that the that Christ is the head of the man and the man is the head of the woman. And we know that our prophet also tells us that, that the, the men, the husbands, will be answerable to their, for their wives. But the women will not. But the men will have to answer for their wives. How they treated them. What they let them do. Because you see the man is the, is the head of the home. The man gives both spiritual leadership. In, in, in the, in the and, and also family leadership. As a man you are the head of the home. You are supposed to bring the nature of Christ. Because Christ is also your head. And then Christ leads you and you lead your family with, with the leadership of Christ. And so we see that uh, you know man, man, man also partook of this. And the Bible says Eve the woman gave to the man and together they did it. So the man fell. But why did the man do that? Because he knew that this was the only way of redeeming his wife. Watch when God comes down. He does not say Adam and Eve where are you? But he says Adam where are you? Because by calling Adam. Eve was called. Eve was a part of Adam. And if Adam was a sinner. And Adam. Uh, Eve was a sinner. If Adam was to be redeemed, Eve was to be redeemed. So when Jesus Christ came down to redeem fallen man, he redeemed also everything else that was fallen with man. Are you following me? But now, I, I don't want to just talk about that uh, story. I just want to take a, a different direction tonight. And I want to speak on the blame game. And I want to bring it out of the book of Genesis. By God's grace, bring it down to us. Uh, today. So we see that uh, when, when, when Adam now had sinned, when, 
You know, God gave his word to Adam. He never gave it to Eve. He gave it, Adam was responsible. Adam A hundred percent responsible for the way that word was treated. So when God came down, he did not ask Eve. He asked Adam. Adam. He says, Adam, where are you? And he says, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Adam and Eve now were naked. So the question is, is sin nakedness? Or is nakedness sin? What is sin? They were already naked before they sinned. If you, if you already knew that, say amen. They were already naked. Before they sinned. But they were innocent. And the devil came and took away their innocence by revealing their nakedness. And the word speaks of the nakedness in the end time. And I want to while I'm starting here, while trying to, leave it, to lay this foundation for you, I want to uh, read um, this is a very good message, the power of transformation. If you can take it up or find it and read it. Or it's good. But I'm going to read uh, about three paragraphs there. I want you to listen to this. He says, Now, if you will turn, if you wish to or write down Revelation, the third chapter. The Holy Spirit predicting this last age. The Laodicean Pentecostal Church age. In the last days. He said you are naked. And blind and don't know it. Now he says, There is God's seed. There is God's seed. Seed. And the innocence. Not knowing at all they were naked. Under a veil of the Holy Spirit. Veiling them from sin. So here is Adam and Eve before they fell. They were veiled with a veil of innocence. The veil of the Holy Spirit. And they were naked and they didn't know they were naked. But it was the veil of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me now? And he says, now in the last age, we find here that they are naked again. And they don't know it again. But it is not the Holy Spirit veil. It is the veil that Satan slipped over Eve back there. A veil of lust. The last. Veil. They are so 
filthy till they don't know that they are naked. Our women on the street with shorts on, sexy dresses. So when you see the generation we are living in now, when sin came into the world, the devil veiled us again with a veil of nakedness. But this is filth. And the Bible says, uh, Brother Banner brother says here that they are naked and they don't know. Was it yesterday? One of the days I went somewhere with my wife. And we were seated somewhere. And uh, it was cold. Really raining a lot. And, and then there came several uh, several women also. And they were dressed in skimpy skirts. Just above, around the, the, the level of their thighs. And, and, and so several of the, of the women. And, and so my wife commented, she said to me, the devil has blinded them and is making them suffer. That you can't, they can't even understand it's cold and they need to cover themselves up. <laughs> they feel the coldness but they are blinded. They are blinded to think that this is the right thing to do. And so they go out dressed that way. Sincerely speaking, these days when you see some of them walking on the streets, Sometimes you may think you are dreaming. Things that are supposed to be dressed in the bedroom. Or in the bed, actually. They dressing it and walking on the streets. And that's why we should feel so sorry for the young, younger generation now. The generation that is actually growing or raising now. It's, uh, it's, going, it's facing a, a, a huge level of difficulty. Because imagine a young child growing up seeing this kind of thing. And and then by the time they become of age they feel it is okay to dress that way. You know and, and not until if they are seed of God and they hear the word of God now the word of God will reveal to them their nakedness. And that's why we should preach the word regardless. And that is why we should never compromise on the word. We should not preach to bring to make people comfortable. We should preach to make people realize their wrongs and change. Because the devil has blinded them. The devil has surely blinded them. And so in the beginning man was naked. But you see he was naked with innocence. He did not know and then when the devil came down he took away that innocence and man realized they are naked 
But today, since that time, man has been naked. Naked with filth. Naked on the streets. You know, and the devil has blinded their eyes. They can't realize they are naked. So what do they need? They need the word to show them that they are naked. You sisters, you can see the big difference between you and the women on the streets. And let me tell you there is a difference. There must be a difference between a Christian and a non-believer. In the way they dress. Because the way you dress shows who you are. On the inside. But you see uh, the, the when 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 man when 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 sin came into the world then came God and he asked Adam 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 what is this that you have done and here is my sermon tonight Adam Adam did not accept what he did Adam refused to accept. Adam He said, Agamba, oh, hmm. it's not me. God said, What have you done? It's the woman. Not me. Sincerely, was it the woman? No, was it the woman? You may say, Well, the woman seduced him. But he was responsible for his actions. Each individual is responsible for his actions. But Adam never owned the responsibility. He said the woman. No, me, me, I'm I, I, I do not mean to do it. Such as, as a matter of fact, it is the woman. And then God said, okay. He went to the woman. Woman, what is this that you have done? Me. It was not me. It's not me. It is the serpent. Well, you may say, the serpent was the culprit. Because yes, the Bible says the serpent beguiled Eve. But by the Psalm, there is something I want you to see here. That is true. The serpent beguiled Eve. But Eve had to own her actions. She, she, she was responsible for what she did with her mind. She, she was responsible for what she did with her body. You, in the same way, are responsible. Tell your neighbor you are responsible. You cannot say someone else is. You are responsible. 100% responsible. Eve said it is the serpent. But let me ask you a question. Do you see anywhere in the, in the scripture here where God comes to the serpent and says what is this that you have done? Why? Because the serpent is not a human being. A serpent 
Umsota, or the serpent Umsota, was a beast. And I told you there is one thing you, you, you can look it up. I preached on that uh, the power of free moral agents. There is one thing that God has given only the human race. He has not given it to any beast. He has not given it to any other animal. To any other bird or fish. He has given it to you who is listening to me today. And that is the power of free moral agents. The power to make a decision. You cannot blame anyone for what you have done or what has happened to you. You and you alone have that power over your life. The devil cannot be blamed. Many people come and say, Brethren, I'm sorry the devil tempted me. That is what exactly if say that the serpent tempted me. The serpent beguiled me. No, God was looking for something here. Can you accept responsibility? Do you know who you are? If the church knows who she is, she will accept her responsibility. We have a responsibility to this word. The way we live the things we do after we have known the truth we are directly responsible before God but what do human beings do human beings play the blame game how many think about it how many times have you thought that you are the way you are because of somebody? If it wasn't for, for, for that person, I would have been better. If it wasn't for so and so, I would have done better. That is wrong. Don't blame anyone for your condition. Brother Banam in the message perfect strength by perfect weakness. There is something I'm trying to come to here. If you can diligently follow me. He says, I've often said the greatest enemy I got is William Branham. This is him saying to himself. He's the only one that gets in God's way. So I can say the greatest enemy I have is. Can you speak your greatest enemy? Your greatest enemy is the devil. Some of you are even not accepting. Because you are like, how can I be my greatest enemy? Me, I love myself. Our prophet said he was his greatest enemy. He is the one that gets in God's way. He is the one that gets lazy. He is the one that gets to a place sometimes where he thinks he can do something about it. And when he does, that shoves God right out of the picture. There is nothing you can do of yourself and for yourself. When Jesus was here on earth, if you will realize it, Jesus knew who his greatest enemy was. He knew if he would even try to lift himself up. 
He will not accomplish the mission why he came on earth. Jesus had to humble himself. Even when he was God himself in flesh. Jesus realized without God he can do nothing. But many times we think we are something. Oh, if I had money, I would do this. Oh, if I had power, I would do this. Listen, you can do, you can accomplish nothing on your own. Adam could accomplish nothing on his own. He needed a supernatural power. We all need a supernatural power. We cannot accomplish anything on our own. So, if you get to a place where you think you can do something about your situation. You know me, I'm intelligent. I will make it. You know me, I have money. I will make it. You know I'm educated. I will make it. There is nothing you can accomplish on your own. You need something to rely on. You need a power to depend on. And that is the power of God. And here he says, but when I can get rid of that guy, if I can get rid of Talemoa, when I can get to a place that he is out of the way, then God can come over and do things that William Branham knows nothing about. Hmm. That is humility. The way up is down. And the way down is up. If you want to get anywhere in this life, humble yourself. If you cannot humble yourself, you will never get anywhere. Nothing can take you anywhere. But humility is key. And he says that's when God can use you. That's when he can use any of you. He can use anybody when he get when we get out of the way. But as long as we got ourselves in the way, then we cannot. Oh, perfect strength is in perfect weakness. Friends, you need to realize that you are nothing on, by yourself. And the greatest enemy that you have is yourself. I am my greatest enemy. Many times people sit there and they think about how much people hate them. So and so hits me. So and so hits me. So and so hits me. So and so, hits me. So, and so talks about me. So and then they begin to be angry. And then many of them even get cancers out Many of them get depression. And then so and so comes. He hates me, I know. What is that? You are so full of yourself. 
You think you know everything. You think you, you, are, you, are, you are better than anybody and everybody. And that is your greatest enemy. Christianity is accepting you are nothing. Christianity is accepting to humble yourself. Hmm. There is something I'm trying to come to tonight. By God is grace. And if he allows us, I believe it will be a blessing to all of us. We all need to humble ourselves. We need to come to a place of total surrender and realizing that there is someone bigger and greater than all of us. Hallelujah. That's the problem that Adam had. And Eve. They were so full of themselves. Adam. Adam. God said, Adam. Adam. What is this that you have done? God, me. Me? No, 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 I know myself. Me? No. It is the woman you gave me. Not it cannot be me. Ha! Me? No, no way, no way. Adam refused. At the same time, Adam was hiding himself. At the same time, Adam was covering himself with the leaves. Because he had a void in his heart. Adam knew he needed something. Adam knew he had fallen. But Adam was losing something. There is something he did not have. And that was conviction. And I'm going to come and talk about that tonight. Many Christians don't have conviction. And that's why they live in sin. And can even manage to come and be in church. Eve. When it came to her part. What have you done? God. Really? Me. Me. No. No way. No way. It cannot be me. I'll have you know it is serpent. Do you realize that serpent has no will? Mr. Serpent was only walking in the garden that day. And the next thing Mr. Serpent realized was the devil. The real serpent came and And Mr. Serpent realized he had more greater ability. He received the revelation he had not received before. And the devil told something. See, that is a woman. Serpent, do you know that you can have a child? Serpent, do you know? Do you know? Mr. Serpent was a victim of the circumstances. That's why God never asked Serpent, what have you done? It was time with that. 
Serpent was not Satan. Serpent was a beast. You have to understand it was a beast like creature. Just almost like you and me. It was a victim of circumstances. And here is Eve. A human being with a power of free moral agents blaming such a creature. What a shame. Eve had to own up for her action. Adam had to do the same. That's why when it came to serpent, God never wasted time. He only said, You, I'm going to take you and break every bone in your body. And you will begin eating that. And walking on your bed. Praise God. Listen. Adam. Adam had a different opinion. He thought the problem was Eve. Eve too thought it was Adam. They failed to realize that as long as they did not know what the problem was, they could not know. Amen. They could not know whether they needed help or not. Listen, if it oh my God, are you listening to me, church? If you don't know what the problem is, you will not know whether you need help. You will not even know what kind of help you need. You will not even know how to be helped. Or even who to help you. But when you realize where the problem is, you will humble yourself and you will ask for help. But here is Adam and Eve because they did not know what the problem was. They hid themselves. Did, did they come running back to God? Father, Father, we have sinned. No. They hid themselves. Why? They had no conviction. Amen. All they had was blaming one another. Imagine Adam and Eve. In the garden of Aden. Hiding themselves in the thickets. Which is the type of their denomination. Each of them was blaming the other. But if you are the one who caused this. No, let me tell you if. Let me tell you You don't know what you're talking about. Mr. Man, let me tell you. God gave you the word. You were supposed to guide me. Why didn't you, why, why, why didn't you tell me it was wrong? No, but when you came to me, it was already done. No, but, but, but also you accepted when I came. But also you, 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 no, you, 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 no, you, you. Everybody was saying you. While they were doing that, they were hiding themselves out. Playing their blame game. And the whole time. God. Katonda was not there. The moment. The devil gets you to that place. 
God will not be there. You die in your sin. God is not there. But when you realize what the problem is, you cry out for him. He says, Father, I need you. Let's talk a little bit about the absence of conviction. Now, due to lack of uh, uh, due to lack of failure to admit one's sin. That that causes lack of conviction. They don't admit one sin. I, I have no Everybody you cannot sit down there and self-reflect you are just playing the blame game and anybody who plays the blame game can never be convicted of sin we have them many times in meetings and even some of you who are may be following online. You might have experienced it. Or you here. And you sit with the people. And everybody tells them. But you are wrong. You are the one who is wrong. And he says. Well he can't have any more words. He says okay if I'm wrong. I'm sorry. If I am wrong. Which means I don't have a revelation I am wrong. But if you think I am wrong, then I'm sorry. That's not true repentance. That's not true repentance. And that is why Adam hid himself away from God. Conviction will bring you to God, not God. Let us take little time to learn about conviction. Uh, in the book of John chapter 16 verse 8, the Bible says, and when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Um, in the Amplified, it says, when he comes, meaning the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world. About the guilt of sin. Praise God. When the Holy Spirit. Friends, we need the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes in your life, he convicts you of sin. That's when you will find someone who you did not tell that they were wrong. But they will come to you by themselves. I have had a few come in my life and they did things that I didn't even have an idea that they did to me. And they come and say, you know, I'm sorry I did this and this and this. What was that? That was conviction. When the Holy Ghost, oh, praise God, when the Holy Ghost comes in your soul, he will bring conviction. Now I was reading and I fell, my eyes fell on this article which I felt I really needed to, to read it off. And listen, very good words. He says to help you understand to help us understand what the what conviction of sin is. We can look at what it is not. 
First, conviction is not simply a guilty conscience. Or even shame over sin. So and so has seen I've done this. When you catch people stealing red handed, they'll say, I'm sorry. It's not what you think. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. I am really sorry. Is that out of conviction? That's just a guilty conscience. Such feelings are naturally experienced by almost everyone. Everyone. Whether we are Christians or not. When you steal, you feel bad. When you do something bad, you feel bad. Even if no one has seen you. It is a feeling. But it is not conviction. But it is, this is not true conviction because you continue still in that sin. You do it and you continue to do it and you continue to do it. But each time you do it, you feel bad. So you cannot say it is conviction. You just have a bad feeling because you did something bad. Just like Adam went there and, and he ran away because he felt bad. But he was not convicted. Second, conviction of sin is not a sense of fear of divine punishment. If I've done this, I don't know. Hellfire. Those feelings too are commonly experienced in their hearts and minds of sinners. One time when I caught a thief that stole from me, I asked him a question. He was in police custody. I asked him a question. Don't you feel bad about what you do? He said, yeah, I, I really that was not conviction. Right? It was just a, a, a fear of, of judgment and, uh, and punishment because he was in the police's hands. He wanted me to forgive him so he can come out and then continue from where he stopped. That's why you find that. Here we have mob justice in Uganda. They put tires on them. And then when they are doing that, the man is very busy saying, Forgive me. Forgive me. Please love master. And they are very busy saying, Let us beat him. Let us beat him. Let us beat him. Let us Please. If you have a faint heart. And you see such a person. You can't eat for a week. Because it is so dreadful. 
and you think let the people forgive him because the man is convicted no, the man is not convicted even as soon as they release him that very night he will stop for where he stands for where he stands those are demons in bantu. And they need conviction before they can repent. But again, true conviction is, is of sin, is of sin. Uh, true conviction of sin, rather, is something different. Thirdly, let us see the third thing that it is not. Conviction of sin is not merely knowledge of right and wrong. It is not an acceptance to scriptures teaching about sin. Many, Many people read the Bible and are fully aware that the wages of sin is death. Yet for all their knowledge they continue to live in sin. They understand the consequences but they are far from being convicted of their sin. Someone tells you I know fornication is wrong. I know that others will go in hellfire. I know those things are wrong. I know the Bible. But doesn't mean that they are convicted. They continue to live in sin. Matter of fact, most people who are sinners, the best sinners that we have in the world today, they know the Bible almost from cover to cover. So that's why on Sunday I preached on the power of the Rema word. Because you can know the Logos word and still remain a sinner. But when that power, hallelujah, that power of the Holy Ghost, that amen that is behind this word, amen, the power that wrote this word, the power that raised up Christ from the dead, when it comes in your life, when you are living in sin, he brings conviction to you. And somehow you feel you cannot continue in that lifestyle. The truth is, if we experience nothing more than a pang of conscience, if we experience nothing more than, if we just experience a pang of conscience, I'm doing something wrong. Or anxiety at the thought of judgment. Oh, I'm going to go to hell. Oh, I'm going to be judged. Or an academic awareness of hell. Then we have. Oh, God have mercy. Then he says, then we have never truly known the conviction of sin. If the level you are at in your life is only to feel in your conscious, oh, I've done something wrong. And then you feel anxious, oh, I might be judged. Oh, to just know what, amen, those 
who go to hell what they do and you are on that level only ah, then you have never known what true conviction of sin is so the question is what is the real conviction the kind that the Bible speaks about the word convict is a translation of the Greek word elencho which means to convince someone of the truth to reprove to, uh, to accuse to refute to cross examine a witness you know, you take that witness. You cross examine him. You refute him and accuse him. And then you convince him that he is wrong. You convince him that he is wrong and you are right. You convince him that he is wrong. And he comes to that place whereby he feels his judge even before the judgment is passed. Now, the Holy Spirit acts as a prosecuting attorney who exposes evil. He exposes, oh, when he, when he comes in your life, he, he begins to expose all the evil in your life and he reproves you and he convinces you that you need a savior when he, when he comes in your life he convinces you that there is something else that you need in your life to be able to come out of your lifestyle the Holy Spirit reproves you the Holy Spirit convinces you of sin no one is there he is there to convince you I've seen a few people in the ministry over the past you know 15-16 years I've preached people who are really convicted you tell them, no, it's alright, you're fine. Say, no, Pastor. No. I know what I've done. I, I, I don't want to live this way. I just want God to change me. I need something. And these people. Let me tell you, if you have ever received a conviction in your life, it is a treasure. Don't disregard it. Work on it. Because conviction brings true repentance. Whereby if you were a liar, you will be convicted of lies. And that demon of lies will be exposed. You feel, oh God, I need a change. 
Whereby if you have been living immoral he convinces you he convinces you right where you stand that you need to come to a place you need to put yourself right you need to run to a savior you need to receive the Holy Ghost he, he convinces you and then you break down and you arrive of conviction. And only and only then can you be saved. Let me tell you it is very unfortunate but we have many amen Christians going church Christians professing Christians that are not really convicted of sin. Hmm. You are right with it. You are continuing normally. You just feel a, a little conscious that tells you you are wrong. And you say, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they say, ah, what if the rapture happens now? I think I will But then you continue right on with your life. But let me tell you one day when you receive conviction That will be the beginning of your deliverance when, when you receive conviction in your soul Amen He will come and convince you of sin And then you will receive true and genuine Holy Ghost repentance to be convicted is to feel the sheer loathsomeness of sin. You feel hatred of sin. You hate it. You hate the thing. You are like even these cigarettes. I no longer love them. It's not just out of your mind. It is out of conviction. Even being convinced by the Holy Ghost. This happens when we've seen God's beauty. His purity. His holiness. And when you recognize that sin cannot dwell with him. When Isaiah stood in the presence of God, he was immediately overwhelmed by his own sinfulness. Isaiah, a prophet, he stood right there in the presence of God. And even he could not say I'm good. He could not play the blame game anymore. He came to a place where he realized ah, I'm a sinner. Ah, I need a change. He said, Why to me? I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips. Who told him all these things? The Holy Ghost convinced him of sin. The Holy Ghost exposed his sin. 
And he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the king. The Lord Almighty. He was convicted. And because of that. At that moment. Right at that moment. The Bible says. Then God sent down an angel. And this angel came. Amen with fire. That amen that he got out of the presence of God. And he came and touched his lips. He touched his lips. And from that moment, the man was a new man. In a moment, he was a new man. When you are all when you are convicted, if you're a liar and you're convicted, if you're a fornicator and you're convicted, if you're a thief and there is no big thief or small thief, a thief is a thief. If you're a thief and you're convicted, if you're last fool and you're convicted, you're going to come to this place whereby you will cry out to him. Not out of fear of hell, but out of what the Holy Spirit has revealed. And out of being in the presence and seeing the beauty of the cross and seeing the holiness of God. And say, oh, how can I be like this in the presence of a holy God? How can I dwell like this? And then it will cause you to cry out like Isaiah. And you know what? You will receive the Holy Ghost right there. To be convicted is to experience an utter dreadfulness of sin. Our attitude towards sin becomes at this moment a uh, point. Like the one that Joseph had. Joseph fled temptation. Crying out. How can I do this great evil and sin against God? That's conviction. Imagine Joseph. He was in a place where no man was there. He could have gone with that woman and no one would ever find out. But right in his heart he dreaded sin. He, he was convicted. He said how can I? How? How can I do this thing? How? How can I do this great evil against God? Do you realize we have an old seeing eye watching you? And when you sin, you don't sin against yourself, you don't sin against your wife, you don't sin against your brother, you don't even sin against the church as such. You sin against God. And You know, I don't preach like this. But if the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, you better open up your heart. 
You see, God doesn't bring something for, for naught, for nothing. So you see, when you're convicted of, of that sin, you'll be like, how can I sin against God? You can't even entertain the thought in your mind. So no. 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 And Joseph, Yusuf, the woman was all over him. And Joseph just ran away. Yusuf and the woman teared his clothes and removed Omu. and took a piece of Joseph's cross. And she said, Agamba. he tried to rape me. God loves such cases. The Holy Spirit loves such cases. When the devil tries to blackmail you. If the devil tries to blackmail you. When you've been living right with the word. That's, those are the battles that God loves. God loves fighting for his children. Praise God, Brother Peter, you have to work on the audio. You know, the devil likes, you know, fighting against the children of God that way. But you know what, church? The devil likes it. But God loves it. God loves it more. Because the devil used it against the man of God. But guess what? God used it. To lift up the man of God. He that was in prison became he that became on top. When you are convicted of sin, don't worry about the planning of the enemy to blackmail you. You just put yourself right with God. And we are convicted. When we become mindful of how much our sin dishonors God. When David was convicted by the Holy Spirit. He cried out. Against you, you only have I sinned. And done what is evil in your sight. David saw his sin primarily as an affront or offense to a holy God. Hmm. Mm. When we are convicted, we become intensely aware of the wrath it exposes to our souls. I think it is. Oh, yeah. So listen to me, church. When we are convicted, we become intensely aware of the wrath it exposes to our souls. That it exposes to our souls. Obusungu wakatonde. Obusungu. Chitu olete do kumanyira dalo obusungu wakatonde liye memeza fe. Are you following me now? When a Philippian jailer fell at the apostles feet and he cried. Says. What o, must I do to be safe? Omusaji yali akuma mukomera. Bwe yali. Gwa kubigere vya paulo na gata basebo nkolechi kurokoka. 
he was under conviction. He was certain that without a savior he would die. When the Holy Ghost convicts people of their sin, he represents the righteous judgment of God. There is no appeal of the verdict. You feel, oh, I am undone. I said, woe is me. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. God said, let me say this to me. When you receive conviction, you feel it is done. You are judged. And you have a far righteous judge and you need grace. The Holy Spirit not only convicts people of sin, but He also brings them to repentance. When you are convicted by the Holy Ghost of sin, He brings you to repentance. Hallelujah! Amen. If you are being a liar, a good liar. A good old liar. The day you are convicted about it. You will repent of it. Repentance. You turn around from sin. You turn. You, turn, you give it your back. You can never do that thing again because you hate it from the bottom of your soul. You repent. Repentance means to turn around, to leave it, to forsake it. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to our sin. And opens our hearts to receive God's grace. If someone is convicted of sin, even if they have been a murderer, they will accept God's grace. Why? Because they will understand it's not a physical thing we are talking about a spiritual thing here it is done by the power of the Holy Spirit if you had hatred I can preach about against hatred here on the pulpit. But if you are not convicted in your soul, you will go right on and still hate. And God will not and, and, and you will not receive the revelation about it. But when God convicts you of it, He will begin to show you everybody that you've been hating. And from that moment, you will repent. From that moment, they will become your friends. From that moment, you will say, I forgive them. If you have to call them up, you will call them up. If you have to face them, you will face them. Whatever you need to do, you will do it. Because the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what you need to put right. Repentance and conviction is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's not something you work up. It's not something you are pushed to do. It is something the Holy Spirit reveals to you. If you have been doing a rumor mongering, you know, you, you will not realize it is wrong. But when the Holy Spirit comes down, Amen, and He makes it known to you. He will just repent of it. It will no longer be a part of your life. 
We praise the Lord for the conviction of sin. Without it, there could be no salvation. No one is saved apart from the Spirit's convicting and regenerating work in the heart. The Bible teaches that all people are by nature rebels against God. We are dead in our trespasses. Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father has drawn him. And part of that drawing is to convict you. Praise God. And today I took my time to explain what conviction is. And I want to say we all need a conviction. Whereby you will be convicted of sin. And repent of your sin. Not just be a church member and the rapture happens and you remain here. This is one of the reasons why people will not go in the rapture. Because they are not saved. You cannot be saved without conviction. You just win the blame games all the time. You feel like your condition is that way because of somebody's something that they have done. But the Banam says in the message, believe it's thou this. When your pastor prays for you, you say well he must not be a man of God or God would have had his prayer God would have had his prayer why did I get healed and then brother Branham says what about your faith it is your faith that touches God not altogether his prayer you are obeying God's word. And when you obey God's word, God is under obligation to answer you. If you believe him, it lays in you. Don't blame the other man. Don't blame the other man. Oh, if the pastor was a man of God, God would have answered his prayer. Oh, I think even the problem is our church. Or maybe we don't pray enough. Or maybe we don't sing enough. Or we don't preach well. Or we don't do this enough. Listen. You don't need to do blame games. We all need God. And what we need is a conviction of sin. In the message God is provided where Brother Branham says. Then how can you blame God? You can't. Some of you blame God. Oh, it is God who has brought me in this battle. Imagine Eve and Adam right there, the thickest blaming God. Oh, God. Why did he let the devil come? Brother Solomon, I want you to imagine it. Hallelujah. Amen. Them blaming God. <laughs> Think about it. Oh God, 
You can't blame God. Brother Banam says our prophet says you can't. Tell your neighbor you can't. You have got to blame yourself. There is not a bit of need of anyone going to hell when God has made a provided way of escape. You can't help being a sinner. You can't help that. You were you born a sinner. But you can help staying a sinner. If you say I'm a sinner, it's right. It is the body pushing me this right. But you don't supposed to stay like that. You can help staying a sinner. Meaning you can change if you want to. If you can accept Jesus as yours in your place. He was made sin for you. God is the way of escape. Then you don't have to be a sinner. You will be a Christian and you will be holy. Not your own holiness. But his holiness. Not what you are but what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. Your own ways you, you, you can quit lying. You can quit stealing. You can quit smoking. That doesn't mean you are saved. You cannot bypass a conviction. The Bible does not say that is coming back for people who don't do bad things. But he said he's coming back for those that are saved. But you cannot be saved unless you receive a conviction of sin. You can, and when you receive the conviction of sin, it will bring true repentance. True repentance will bring true salvation. So you are saved because God ordained that you should be saved. And he called your heart. That's why you are saved. No man can come to the father except by my father draws him. And he has made a way of escape now. How does he draw us? By a conviction. Praise God. One day as a young person think about 19 or 17 years I was saved I thought but there are the things that I still did and um, you know I, uh, I, I was watching this 
this kind of movies and um, you know it is something that was a part of my life and I could not break out of it and I had, I had a pile of them you know, as a young person you know whatever you, a young person would like watching is what I was feasting on and I had and I'm speaking this publicly because I'm giving a testimony maybe it will help someone and I had a pile of all these videos my pastor never knew. No one knew. I was preaching at the time. But no one knew that I was still bound. With those so a pastor can even preach and still go to hell. If you don't receive a conviction, you can be a minister and go to hell. If you don't receive a conviction, and I know we say that hell is not made for us and things like that. That is a summon for another day. But this is what God has laid on my heart. And that day, I remember I was in another country. I had gone for missionary work in Zimbabwe. I'll never forget that day. And I'm saying this, I have a witness right here. I had left Brother Martin in my house to keep my house for me. Both of us were not married. And so, while in Zimbabwe, I had all those piles of, of CDs, you know, hidden away in a stack somewhere under my bed. No one, no one knew that I had. And, and so, uh, and, and, and then, while in Zimbabwe, I, uh, we had service after service. And one day, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit came down. And he started convincing me and speaking to me. No one was there. I was all by myself. And he started telling me, this is wrong. That is wrong. This is wrong. And I explained. He said, no. But that is wrong. And that is wrong. Because it brings this and does this and does this in your life. He explained everything. And why certain things were in the way they were in my life at the time. I tried to explain myself to him. But friends, he convinced me. And I broke down. And I started repenting. With bitter tears. Say, Lord, please forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me for my life that has not been right. And when I got off, off my knees, I, I called Brother Martin immediately. I told him, Brother Martin, listen to me carefully. I told him, go under my bed. There's a stack of some CDs. Please find them. 
I don't know what you want to do with them. If you want to burn them or break them or do whatever, destroy it all. And I went off the phone. That is a conviction. And I never went back to those things. Again. Never. I was delivered. Never watched pornography again. From that moment, I never did again. I got delivered. Let me tell you, young people, the Holy Spirit is real. He can convict you and speak to you and convince you. There is no reason of you being a believer, being in church when you are bound. Let experience the power of the Holy Spirit. When you experience him, you will never go back to those things again. Your lying will die. Your cheating will die. Your desires for pornography will die. You will be born again. The new birth is real. And if you don't receive it, you will not go in the rapture. And the time is running fast. Playing music is not enough. Preaching is not enough. Calling yourself a believer is not enough. Even fasting for the whole day and praying for the whole day is not enough. You need to come to a place of conviction. And you cannot come to that place unless you have amen presented yourself into the presence of the word of God. And one day I was in Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Having got married with my wife. Uh, and we went to Kenya one time with her. And we saw a brother with a, with a, a, a DSTV. I think God TV or something like that. And on there. They were watching some programs which were good. And listen to me, please. I'm about to close. And so, we, 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 myself and my wife thought, well, we can also get one of these. So we bought that screen and we bought that dish. And we put it on our house. And we were always praying, I just, you know, my, myself and my wife. We didn't have no child. We just pray every night before we went to bed. Pray and cry and pray for one another. Pray and pray and the presence of God would come down. And, and from the moment this thing came into our home, you know, we, we started watching program after program. And you know what Brother Branham speaks about television. And uh, 
you know, we were not, we thought, well, we, we are using it well. And, 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 you know, so, and there are many believers like that who would have TVs in their home because they think they're using it well. But, and I'm speaking this from a point of view of conviction. You can never use a TV well. It will always control you. Always control you. And, 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 and we had it in our home. We didn't have no child. And so our prayers began to be shortened, shortened, and shortened. Time came that even for evening services on Wednesday, we would start going late. Because we were watching a program. One day we almost missed church. Because we had a program to catch. It is so cunning. It happens so fast. You don't feel it or plan for it. Even when you think you are spiritual. And so... I subscribed for that month and I traveled on a mission trip to Ethiopia. It was one of our first mission trips there. And so, while there, I was with our brother Paul and we were in this room and we started praying we prayed it was a good atmosphere of prayer. And uh, I, I think um, we prayed together until Brother Paul slept off. But something happened to me. I couldn't stop praying. I continued praying. I, I, I was crying. Tears were all over the floor. And the, the floor was cold, but I couldn't feel the coldness anymore. And I was just lying down beside the bed on the floor. And uh, at that moment, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me, convincing me that what I, the decision I made to bring that uh, uh, cable TV in my home was wrong. He gave me many reasons. He told me a lot of things. He revealed me a lot of things. I can't explain it. But I think and I believe that that is conviction. And I, I, by the time I came out of that prayer, I had repented. And I made up my mind that when because now the next point was how am I going to talk to my wife? Because both of myself and her and her were now glued to this. And I didn't want to have problems in my marriage. And so I uh, I, I just sprayed it away and I but I made up my mind. I'm going to go back home and tell her what God dealt with me, the experience I had. And that together, if she agrees with me, we would remove the dish. And so when I arrived home, I think it was about two weeks later, I found 
the cables disconnected. And I had left her with her young sister. Uh, sister Anna. And then I found that the cables were disconnected. And there was only the screen. And the dish was still up there. And so I said, uh, why are the cables disconnected? She said, and when she told me the time, it was at exactly the same time God was dealing with me. God dealt with them. And while they were praying, God convicted them to quit this thing. And that she did not know how she would talk to me and convince me to remove it away from her house. Let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit comes, we don't need to convince people to leave things. That's why me, I learned the hard way that I am a pastor, but I'm not the Holy Spirit. Some pastors follow up people. What they're doing what they have in their house. Going no, I don't do that because I've learned it the hard way. If we preach the, the right message, the Holy Spirit should convict you and convince you of sin. And God came down I didn't have to convince my wife. And she didn't have to convince me. The Holy Spirit had done convince me. I called the man quickly. He came, he removed it, we sold it away. And from that time, we've never had cable TV in our home. I can't imagine what my home would have been with that and these little children. It is literally raising this generation. TV. All the bad stuff children are learning from TV. You know, the filthy things they are learning from TV. And they are, they, are, they are bringing it in the society. You see, the, our government today is making laws against LGBT. But they can't stop it. It's a spirit. And it's being transferred through these channels. Through all these movies that the young people are watching. Through the televisions. TV. Let me tell you there is only one thing that is going to stop people from sin. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And that's what you need. That is what I need. That's what we all need. And allow me to read this quote as I close. In the message Jehovah Jireh. He says, now I don't condemn sinners for the way they live. That is all they know and I feel sorry for them. I don't blame a sinner from going out and getting drunk. That is all the pleasure he has. Give him another one. I don't blame him. I don't blame him from gambling, going to places, honky tonks, and that's all the pleasure he's got. I don't blame a pig for eating out of 
That's all he knows. But he Praise God. Come here, my brother. But you people who call yourselves Christians and you do you are the guy that I am firing at. You know better. You are the one that I'm firing at. You Christian. That not do good. You wouldn't want to see. You have another microphone. You wouldn't want to see a lamb go to dinner with a pig, would you? He says, be something strange. But it wouldn't be strange for the pig eating there. So where, so where are your nature eat? Praise God. I'm waiting for another microphone, brother. He finishes by saying you wouldn't want to see a lamb go to dinner with a pig. It would be something strange. But it wouldn't be strange if the pig is eating there. So where is your nature? That's where you will eat. What's your diet? If you are Abraham's seed, you believe God. Like heavenly things. Separate yourself. Come out. And be a pilgrim and a stranger. Praise God. God bless you. What I preached to you today was just from my heart, church. And I pray that we don't take it for granted. That each of us will come to a place of conviction. That we will truly repent. And truly receive the, the gift of the Holy Ghost. God wants to do that for you. How many desire? God sees your heart and he will do that. And if you Brother Peter, there is a, a song that just came in my mind now. Uh, there's a, some brothers in Malawi that sang it. It says, Lord, make me a doer of the word. I don't know the words either, but maybe you can just sing that chorus. Do you know, do you know the song? You know the song? He says, Lord, make me a doer of the word. Lord, make me a doer of the word. 
not a church member but a doer of the word oh it's my desire Lord make me a doer of the word Lord make me a doer of the word Not a church member But a doer of the word Not a church member But a doer of the word It's my prayer for everyone tonight Oh Lord make me I do all the one Lord make me I do all the one No the church member but I do all the one No the church member but I do her all the one Oh, not a church member But I do her all the one Lord, make me echo in my mind 
Father Lord, I, I come before you tonight. I feel that the church needs a resolve, Lord. Father Lord, we need to reach that place where we shall have a resolve. A decision of what kind of life we want to live. Apostle Paul says, now that after turning many to righteousness, that he himself doesn't make it. Oh Lord, have mercy on us. For these are your children, Lord, that are called over your word. My prayer tonight is that help us that we will be doers of your word. We will live according to your word. Lord, we shall come to a place of conviction where we will not blame others, Lord, for things that have happened in our life. But we will take responsibility and accept that we are the ones that are wrong and be convicted of sin and then repent of it. Father, I want it to be whereby everyone will be filled with the spirit of God. Everyone will overcome and, and come to a place of total surrender. Lord, if this was to be the very last service we will ever have, I pray that you give each of us a conviction. Conviction of sin in our heart. That we shall love you with all our might. With all our mind. With everything in us. We shall please you, Lord. More than Lord Jesus, we want to please ourselves. We will not look at ourselves or think that ourselves to be anything. Father, Lord, we don't want to see ourselves as being anything. We want to speak like you spoke when you came on earth and you said, without him, I am nothing. Lord, we are nothing without you. Help us to please you. Help us to walk in your way. Help us to overcome. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help each of my brothers and my sisters to the point whereby you can reveal yourself to us. Convince us. Speak to us. Lord, perhaps this service was for someone. Lord, I pray that you will work on their heart. Let these words continue ringing in their mind. Until they will come to that place of conviction. And if there be someone who is already in that place, help them, Lord, to come to a place of full repentance. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It says when He, the, Holy, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth and he will convict you of sin convince you of sin Father may you grant it that each of us will walk out of here different 
bless also the giving now we commit it into your hands in Jesus name Amen can we sing bless the Lord of my soul Praise God. As we are giving our offerings and, and you can also